because if he could hide your blessing then nobody else gonna pray like you prayed and and fast like you fasted and call upon God like you called upon God but if you will if you'll come out and show forth and say if God can do it for me he can do it for you then we gonna have a blessed church we got to learn how to show forth the praises hey God we need a t-shirt that say brag on God that's what we need up there we got to learn how to brag on God again. You've been bragging on yourself far too long. Can somebody please brag on my God this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I'll start reading at verse 1. The Bible says, Then Yahshua Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Yahshua, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Yahshua, let her alone. Against the day of my burying has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me ye have not always. Let's have a word of prayer. Most high God, we thank you for church service today. We give you praise. You've given us a beautiful day to come and celebrate you, to lift you up. We thank you for the people that's here. We thank you so much that the atmosphere and the environment is, is getting back conducive to us coming together to have church, Father God. We give you praise. It's been a long time coming, Lord God, but trouble don't last always, Lord God. And we worship you this morning and we thank you by faith where two or more are gathered in your name there you are in the midst we invoke your presence we invite your presence into this place walk up and down the inside of this church god inspect every row every chair father god uh, be unto us whatever we need today god if we need encouragement encourage us if we need uh, conviction convict us god if we if we need to be lifted up lift us up lord god if we need to be made low make Make us low, Lord God. But whatever you do, don't leave us the way we came in, oh God. We need fixing this morning, Lord God, and fix marriages and fix relationships and fix our children, Father God, and fix fix our finances, Father God. But but whatever you do, Daddy, don't leave us broken here this morning, God. Fix your people, God, by your spirit, oh Daddy. And we thank you for it. Save somebody in this place. Bind the enemy out. In Yahshua, Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give y'all some praise. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 Well, saints, we've been in chapter 12 of John's gospel. Amen. And we've been talking about uh, what's your response. And this is all about Jesus raising Lazarus from the grave, if you remember. And we saw in chapter 12, a hey, God, that, that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the last time. 
our Passover is going to celebrate his final Passover before the cross, the crucifixion. Uh, uh, when he got there, Agog, Bethany had changed. The whole city had changed uh, after the miracle. It was not only just called Bethany, it was now called Bethany, the place where Lazarus was dead, but now he's been raised. The miracle changed the city. How many of you know that God wants to change the city you in by doing a miracle in your life? Amen. Just imagine that they would call it Lafayette, the place where your miracle happened. Huh? That's what God wants to do. Hallelujah. And so the miracle changed Bethany, but it not only changed Bethany, it touched the lives of, of everyone who was a part of this story. And in chapter 12, people usually just focus on one of the characters, which is Mary uh, washing and anointing the feet of Yahshua. But the Most High arrested me and told me there's other characters in this particular text. And we need to take our time and look at every single one of them. Because every single one of them has a response to a miracle. Amen. A response to a miracle. And so we covered last Sunday Martha's response. And we saw that Martha, in response to the miracle of Yahshua raising her brother, that Martha served. That was her way of saying thank you to Yahshua, to appreciating him and loving on him. And, and that's going to be some of you, amen. You're going to serve God for how good God has been to you. Anybody hear me up in here? Hallelujah. And, and they told me last week that we had a bunch of people sign up for ministries. And, and I, I don't want it to stop this week. I want you to keep doing it. I want you to go ahead and, and execute what you felt on last Sunday. Not only sign up, but follow through and serve the Most High God. We ask you, is he worthy to be served? Huh? We ask you, has he, has he changed? Is he not as good as, as when you first met him? Amen. And so we got to serve. And so we looked at that we serve in the house of God. We don't serve for pastor. We don't serve for first lady. We don't serve for the ministers. We don't serve for the deacons. We serve God for God. Anybody hear me up in here? <laughs> Hallelujah. And I know minister was just clowning when he said, look at all of y'all. Y'all must really love pastor. No, minister, that's not who we love. We really love God. That's why we're here this morning. We love Yahweh. And he above everybody else, he knows that. That was just a joke. Hey, God, that's why we're here this morning. Every single one of us. Hallelujah. Because the time's going to come when pastor won't be here. I might be taken home somewhere or whatever, but you can't stop coming to church because pastor not here. God will still be here and you've got to come to church. Hallelujah. And so uh, you can always tell when somebody's serving for man because they'll stop serving at some point because man will make them upset. Men will change on them. Men will make a decision that they don't agree with. And so we talked about that. Another revelation we saw was that Martha was a woman of substance. She was a woman of quality. She was wealthy. She had her stuff together. That's why her house was large enough to entertain Jesus and the disciples. It was 12 disciples, huh? 
and, and, and God forbid she took on the other 70. It was, it, was, it was plenty of people that was in that, but her residence was large enough, and she had enough stuff. She could feed them. She could take care of them. Martha was a woman of quality and a woman of substance, but it didn't stop her from serving in the house of God. Anybody hear me up in here? And we're going to have people of quality and of substance in this place. We already have them. But don't let it mean because you're a boss in the secular realm. Because you tell people where to go and what to do in the, in the, in the, in the material realm. That you can't come serve in the spiritual realm. Amen. Amen. Anybody hear me? I told you about my times at Open Door. I was, I was parking cars standing next to millionaires. And they were people of quality and people of, of great substance. But they served because they had met somebody bigger than them, greater than them, someone wealthier than them. And that's the most high God. Remember, we also saw, and this is an important one, that Martha served even though she was rebuked. Because sometimes you can serve and leadership kind of have to tell you to adjust some things. And our people, Lord, help us. Our people, stiff-necked, hard-hearted. Shall I go on? Hey, God, we got a lot of issues. And one of our issues is, is that we don't receive correction well. But Martha served even after Yahshua rebuked her to her face. See, Martha was serving too hard back in that day. Uh, one of the commentators say, we have become so engrossed in the work of the Lord that we have forgotten the Lord of the work. Anybody hear me up in here? And sometimes you need a little adjustment to get your mind right. But even after you adjust it, you can't stop serving. You got to keep serving. Amen. Come on, give y'all some praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lastly, we say faithful servants of God never retire. You can retire from work. You can retire from your career. But you should never retire from serving God. We serve him. Hey, God, from the moment we born again. To the moment we close our eyes, cross Jordan, open them in eternity. And in eternity, guess what we're going to do again? We're going to serve him some more. Come on, give y'all some praise, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now we pick up y'all and we're going to look at our second character in the context. And we're going to talk about Lazarus a little bit. And it's coming from verse 2 in our Bible. The Bible says, there they made Jesus a supper and Martha served. Watch this. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. And so we learned that Martha served. But what did Lazarus do? Right? If you look at your Bible, it just looks like he sat at the table. Like he was doing nothing. It appears like Lazarus was just kind of, hey, God, taking up space like furniture or something. huh? But when we look closely and we understand the context... You're going to realize that Lazarus did more, amen, than just sit there. The Bible says that Lazarus sat at the table with him, with Jesus, on the side of him, as a companion, as a, as a testimony, as a monument. Not a furniture piece, a monument. Huh? Understand that Lazarus was dead, y'all. And now he's alive. And he's alive after four days being dead. He's alive because of the power of Jesus. All right? Y'all remember the story? Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. 
He's sitting at the table with Jesus, y'all, as a testimony. Everyone that sees him, that walks in that room, that see him, you know what? They walking in with their wife, and I can see the man telling his wife, oh, look, Lazarus right there. You know what I'm saying? And everybody looking at Lazarus. They walking in with their friends. They say, man, he was four days in the grave dead. He sure don't look dead now. They all walking in. And you know how we talk? Huh? Can't even eat our food. We all just looking at Lazarus. You know what I'm saying? That's the way it would be, huh, minister? We just looking at him. Huh? And Lazarus is a testimony. He's showing forth the power and the praises of God. At that table, he's doing something, y'all. Martha might be serving, but, but Lazarus, hey, God, is expressing how great our God is. Anybody hear me up in here? Yeah, yeah. He's doing just as much or more work than Martha up in there because he's touching so many lives of the people that walk in. Bible commentator Matthew Henry says, Lazarus, after the miracle, did not retire into the wilderness. Huh? Huh? He didn't hide. He didn't resort to privacy. No, he sat there in public with Jesus as a monument of a miracle. Oh, my God, my God, my God. A monument of a miracle. When they looked at Lazarus, they remembered the miracle. Because that's what a monument is. A monument is something to remind us. Huh? To remind us. And you got some good monuments like Lazarus, but you also have bad monuments like the one they took down from downtown that I'm happy about. Come on, give y'all some praise. Something's not supposed to be remembered, but, but this miracle is supposed to be remembered. And everywhere Lazarus went, they remembered the power of God. Lazarus was showing forth the praise of our king. And I want to take you to 1 Peter 2.9. Because the truth is, is that just like Lazarus, we are called to show forth the praises of our king. We are monuments of a miracle, y'all. And wherever we go, we should remind people that God is good, that God is great, that God is strong, that nothing is too hard for God. When they look at our lives... And where we come from, we should be a monument of a miracle. That was Lazarus' response, a God, to the miracle. He said, I'm going to show everybody. I'm going to tell everybody that God, our God is great. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this place. By the time we get to 1 Peter 2.9, remember Peter was in this place. Peter was there. Peter wasn't just a, a person who heard about it. No, he saw it from beginning to end. He saw him dead. He saw him in the tomb. He saw the tombstone rolled over. He saw Jesus say, come forth. And he saw Lazarus come out of there, a monument to a miracle. Peter saw it all. And Peter's going to tell us as believers not only who we are, but our calling, our destiny, and what God has saved us for. He's going to give us our purpose. And so watch this in, in 1 Peter to believers. He says, you are a chosen generation. And I love that. That means that if you're saved in him and you're a believer, that it wasn't happenstance. It wasn't an accident. In fact, you were chosen to be here. You were chosen before the foundation of the earth, Bryce. 
Y'all looked out in all the roles that all the humanity that he would make and he handpicked, he elected, he selected a group out of the mass of mankind and he says, Leola is mine, Sam is mine, John is mine, Margaret is mine, Linda is mine, Carl is mine, Omar is mine, elected, chosen before the foundation of the world. You're a special person if you're sitting here this morning. You're a special person if you're sitting here this morning. Because God selected you. He walked through the orphanage of the earth and he said, give me that one. And give me this one. And give me that one. I'm telling you, your mom and your daddy might have rejected you, but God selected you this morning. Hey, God, I'm trying to preach up in here. Some people might not think you was good enough, but God saw that you was good enough this morning. Handpick you. Handpick you. You are a chosen generation. He says, not only that, you're a royal priesthood. And both of these words are important. Understand that you're royalty this morning. You can only be royalty if you're born in a bloodline of a king. Anybody hear me up in here? Hallelujah. And what you need to understand, if you are saved this morning, you are a son or a daughter of the most high God, the highest king. The king of kings. And I know we get excited when we see Meghan and Harry and, and Queen Elizabeth. No, there's a greater king that you related to, a hey God. And that is Yahweh, a hey God, the king of kings. He's your father and he loves you. And you have royalty running through your bloodline. And I'm telling you here, you could be in some places where some people think you're not good enough. Well, God thought you were so good enough. He not only selected you, but he adopted you into his family. He put his name on you. Hey, God, that's the royal nature of us. But we're not only royal. He calls us a royal priesthood. Huh? Priesthood. And you got to understand what a priest is. A prophet hears from God and speaks to the people. A priest hears from the people. And talks to God. You are a royal priesthood. You were sent here for a purpose. Hey God. And one of our purposes of course. Is to bring the word of God. But another purpose is to bring the burdens of the people that surround you to God. God is going to hear you. He might not hear your lost mom or your lost dad. He might not hear your lost brothers and your lost sisters. But you have been strategically placed in the family, in the neighborhood, in the city that you are in. To bring the burdens of those communities on behalf of them to God. They can't go to God themselves, but you could go to God for them. Hey, God. Anybody hear me up in here? And that's what we're going to be teaching you in the class on prayer. How to bring a burden. How to bring a burden and not only just your burden, because that's good if you can learn how to pray for yourself and open heaven. Hallelujah. To get some things down here on earth. But there's an also a deeper level of prayer, which we call intercession. Woo! Where you stand in the gap for somebody that's not yourself. Well, they can't be here, but I'm here in their stead, in their place. I'm going to pray like it was my problem. I know how to bring a burden. Anybody hear me up in here? You're chosen, you're royal, but you're also a priesthood. Strategically placed in the family, in the neighborhood, in the community that you're in, so that you can come to God on their behalf. 
You stand like Abraham between God and Sodom and Gomorrah. And you say, God, would you spare it for 10? Would you spare it for 20? Would you spare it for 30? God, would you spare my daddy? Would you spare my mama? Would you spare my sister? Would you spare my brother? Would you spare my husband? And some of y'all know how to carry a burden. And some of y'all got people sitting on the side of you this morning because you knew how to pray through on the behalf of somebody else. Woo! I'm getting excited. I got to keep moving first lady. He said, you're chosen this morning. You're royal this morning. You're also part of a priesthood. And John knew that in Revelations 1 and 6. And we don't like to say it in the church because we don't know who we are. You got to understand that Jesus has made us two things in the gospel. He's made us both kings and priests unto our God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Come on, praise him up in this house. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood. He says, you're also a holy nation. This holiness is twofold. You're holy by means of your position in Christ. All right. It's something that God did for you. Because we know that there's none righteous, no, not one. We all ascend and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not a single man or a woman among us that have sinned not. We've all made our mistakes. But because of the precious work and the precious blood of Yahshua on Calvary's hill, a divine transaction takes place where we are able to give Yahshua our sins and he is able to give us his righteousness and his holiness. And because of that, we are positionally holy in God, seated in Christ in heavenly places, not because of what we have done, but because of what he did on the cross. Somebody should shout hallelujah. If you are a believer this morning, God looks at you and he doesn't really see you all the way. He sees his son, Jesus, who always obeyed, who always did right. And this is why we can pray. This is why he hears us because he, he, he hears our prayers in the stead in the person of Jesus. And that's why Jesus say, when you pray, he say, say this in Jesus name. Because when I pray, I don't want him to see Omar and all my past mistakes. I want him to see the son of God, the Messiah, who was born of a virgin. Holy, a God, from the moment of birth until the moment of death. That's who I want him to see. And because of the blood, because of the, the redemption, because of his sacrifice, we are forensically, legally, in the high courts of heaven, we are a holy nation. Because what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Anybody hear me up in here? That's why he could call us a holy nation. But it's a, it's a twofold, it's a bifurcated approach. We are also a holy nation because we are striving for holiness. We holy positionally, but we are striving to also be holy practically. Meaning like we not what we ought to be, 
but we're not what we used to be, all right? All right? We are, we are, we are pressing towards the mark. I, I'm a little bit better than I was last year, and better than a year before, and better than five years ago, better than when he found me. Why? Because I'm striving for holiness. And so he calls us a, a holy nation. Huh? Huh? He says, listen, you are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Then he says, you're a peculiar people. All right. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> peculiar. Isn't that an awesome word? <laughs> Somebody say peculiar. Hey, God, I just love the way it roll off your tongue there. One more time. Peculiar. That's right. That's right. And that's what God calls you. Peculiar. Peculiar means different. It means special. It means that everybody's cut from the same pattern, but you cut from a different one. Huh? It means that everybody walking to the beat of the same drummer, but you up in here doing a whole new dance. You understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Now, at the dance, that's not a good thing. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to your own beat. But in Christ, it's a great thing. Huh? It's a great thing. Huh? Because many are called, but few are chosen. Huh? Huh? He tells us, enter into the straight gate, huh? Because wide is the way and wide is the gate that leads to destruction. But straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life eternal. And few there be that find it. There's a select few, a special few, and they're peculiar. They're in the world, but they're not of the world. All right? All right? They talk different. They walk different. They have different interests. When you meet them, it's just a different flavor about them. Everybody else in the world look the same, taste the same. They, everybody, but, but we know how to spice it up. We a little different. We got a little oregano to the world. We add a, a little salt to the world. It got, we are peculiar. All right? I heard one pastor said it like this, hey God, that, that if we was out somewhere, at a festival or, the, or at a fair and an alien walked by with a big old green head. You know what I'm saying? Big old green head. You know? And short. We'd say that's peculiar. Because that don't look like everything else. That don't walk like everything else. Don't talk like everything else. When God says that you're peculiar, hey God, he means that you are different. And don't ever feel bad about being different. Don't ever feel that. That's what you're called to do. You watch different things. You listen to different things. You, you speak. You're not cursing and all. You, you're different. Your interests are different. You being here on Sunday, guess what? Compared to all the world is what? It's different. You're peculiar and be proud of that. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Hallelujah, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, and this is our purpose. Uh, Alexander Nesbitt, Bible commentator, says this, that what we're about to talk about, this is the end and business of our lives. What we're about to talk about is the reason that God chose you, the reason he made you royal, the reason he made you a priest. The reason he separated you, call you holy. The reason why you've been made peculiar, this is what it all boils down to. He says, you've been made all of those things. Why? 
that you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Somebody need to shout up in here. We, we breaking this word all the way down this morning. Hey, God, listen, yeah, you saved. Yeah, but what next? Yeah, you saved, but what's your purpose? Yeah, you saved, but why did God save you? What is the end of it, huh? Y'all come up in here, get this gospel, get this word, but you don't, what, what you do next? What do you do next? You know, hopefully you're serving and that's a good start. But there's another reason why God saved you. He saved you for you to show forth. He saved you for you to show forth. Huh? Pastor, what you talking about right here? That show forth means to show somebody. To illustrate. To publish. When we were small, hey God, we didn't look for books with a lot of words. We wanted books with pictures. Anybody feel me up in here? I was young. I'd get a book. I'd be like, that's too many words. The first time, now I don't do that no more, y'all. Come on now. When I was young, I would look through how many pictures they got in here. I used to love the pictures. You see? Well, God has a book of words already. But he need a picture book. He needs somebody to show it, illustrate it, to show this word in action so people can see it. Because some people won't read, especially our people. Lord have mercy. They say, if you want to hide something, put it where? In a book. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So God said, just in case they don't read, I'm going to have to make a different kind of book. I'm going to have to make a picture book, a pop-up book. How many people used to like the pop-up book? Oh, I love the pop-up book. That day, Alice Boucher teacher used to pull that out for that thing to jump off the page. It was a miracle to me. Ain't no big deal now with iPads and internet, you know what I'm saying? But it was big. How many people is it big to John? I know you was big to you, John. Come around here, play around here. We be in MP Mars, they pull out a pop-up book, but we like, man, technology is here. <laughs> well, you guys pop-up book. See, you, 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 you've been made to show forth, to show forth, to publish, to make known abroad, to put on display, to proclaim, to proclaim what? The praises, the praises, the praises Woo! of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I love what the Amplified Bible says right here. When they take that particular text. Remember we talking about Lazarus. And him sitting at the table as a monument. Because they heard about the miracle. But they got a chance to walk in and see it. He was a picture. He was showing forth. He was Jesus' pop-up book at that table. You heard that God was great. And that God was powerful. Now look at the evidence of it. You see. In the Amplified, it said, you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, consecrated, holy nation, a special people for God's own possession. This is the reason. So that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him, not of yourself, of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, give God some praise up in here. Oh, we getting somewhere. We getting somewhere. We working up in here. Y'all working? We working, huh? We working, huh? All right. 
Look at this. This is our calling, y'all. Our job. After Yahweh does a miracle in our lives, we not only need to serve him, but we also need to show forth his praises. Let others know what the Most High has done for us. We can't go into hiding. We can't get our blessing and resort into privacy. No. And I know as a church, that's what we've been bred to do, to try to stay humble, to try to not brag. But I'm about to teach you that it's a difference between you bragging on yourself and you bragging on your God. Anybody hear me up in here? Woo! Hey, God, and when they tell you you're bragging, you say, yeah, I'm bragging because I'm bragging on my God. Come on, give y'all some praise. Pastor, what you're saying, we need to learn how to testify again in the church. Amen. See, the old church used to know how to testify. They would tell you, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. Hey, he touched my mind. He saved me. What? Just in time. I'm going to praise his name. You see, they knew how to testify. We done lost that. I think the devil done robbed the church of testimonies. He don't want you to talk about the excellencies. He don't want you to talk about the wonderful deeds, the wonderful works, the wonderful acts of God. He wants you to get your blessing and retire off into the quietness of your home or in some place. Hey, God, hey, God, he wants he want to hide your blessing. Because if he could hide your blessing, then nobody else going to pray like you prayed and, and fast like you fasted and call upon God like you called upon God. But if you won't, if you'll come out and show forth and say, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Then we're going to have a blessed church. We got to learn how to show forth the praises. Hey, God, we need a T-shirt that say brag on God. That's what we need up in here. We got to learn how to brag on God again. You've been bragging on yourself far too long. Can somebody please brag on my God this morning? You see? And we need to brag on God in two areas. Two areas. We need to boast on him in two areas. Two main areas. We must be ready to testify in. We have to testify when it comes to our salvation. Number one. Huh? But also, also in his wonderful works in our lives. And in, in his wonderful works in our lives. And in the American church, we, we know to testify, at least some of us. But I'm going to go through it again so that we can all be on the same page. We know how to testify in regards to our salvation. All right? But some of us, we don't know how to testify of his wonderful works in our lives. And so I'm going to get us all on the same page, get our new believers ready to testify their salvation. And then we're going to come to our older Christians who have hidden this jewel, this, this, this secret weapon of the church. Have it hidden in a closet with dust on it. And that's why we're losing a generation. Oh, y'all ain't heard me up in here. Y'all ain't heard me up in here. That's why we're losing a generation. That's why young folk don't, don't want to come to church. That's why young folk don't want God. Because they don't know how great God is. They hadn't heard your testimony. Woo! God, I'm excited up in here, first lady. I'm about to come out my jacket. But my mic is connected to my jacket, so 
I thought it over before I came out of it. But listen to me, good. We've got to testify, number one, in the area of salvation. That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. Pastor, what you mean? Listen, like Lazarus, y'all, we need to be a monument of a miracle of God raising somebody from death to life. Ooh, I think somebody caught that. I think somebody caught that. He did that to Lazarus in the physical, but he did it to us in the spiritual. Woo! You might have been walking, but you was a dead man walking. Huh? You might have been alive and you could see, but you was blind in the heavenlies. Anybody hear me up in here? You might have could hear auditorily in the physical, but you was deaf in the spiritual. You couldn't see God, couldn't hear God, couldn't feel the things after God. Might have been blood pumping through that heart in the natural, but that heart was stone cold dead in the spiritual. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to be a spiritual testimony like Lazarus was a physical testimony of the resurrection, dead, hallelujah, a raising power of God. Pastor, what you're saying, listen, like Lazarus, Ephesians 2, 1 tells us, hey, God, before we're saved, and you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Every single one of us in here was dead in the spirit. Before you're saved, you're a dead man. You could, you could pick up that Bible, but you can't understand it because a dead man can't read. <laughs> God could be working all around you. In your, in your own house. <laughs> Could be working through somebody saving your own family. Could be working in your own city. Revival in your own city. But a dead man can't feel the moves of God. You, you don't know that God doing anything. You, you know? God could be trying to talk to you. But a dead man can't hear. You see? We were dead. Why? We were dead in sin. For the wages of sin is death. That's what you get for sinning. You see? You see? And that's what we were. Dead. And not only dead spiritually, but separate from God. You see, because you can't mix a holy thing with an unholy thing. See, God is holy. He, he's a pure eyes than to even behold iniquity. And so there was a separation. We was dead. He was alive. He's holy. And we sinful. We on one side and God is on the other. You see? And that's the way it is before salvation. We're dead in sins. And the Bible says we were also not only dead, but like Lazarus, dead in that tomb, we was in darkness. In darkness. Y'all know, you ever look, that tomb closed? It was dark up in there. That's why the Bible says he called us out of darkness. He called us. I'm telling you, I could see Peter thinking about Lazarus, why he pinning this, 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 this scripture. Who had called you? Peter looked in that, that, that tomb, standing next to Jesus. While Jesus, they looked into that tomb. That tomb was dark. It was a darkness. And they watched Jesus say, Lazarus, they called you out of darkness. Hey, God. And Lazarus come out of there. And listen, when you've been in darkness so long, when they turn on that light, how that light is? That light is bright. Look, ooh, baby. And I can see Lazarus been dead now. How long? Four days. He come out of that darkness. Called him out of darkness. Into what? Into his marvelous light. That's a picture of salvation. We was in darkness. In ignorance. Couldn't see nothing. Didn't know anything. 
living in the dark, preferring the dark, waiting for the dark. You see? But he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, give God some praise up in here. And so what God wants from us is the same thing he got out of Lazarus. That we would sit at the table with him on the side of him as a monument of praise. A monument of look what the Lord has done. And the greater your testimony, the greater the darkness he called you out of, the greater the death he called you out of, is the greater the praise that God will get out of your life. Y'all not hearing me up in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, what we've learned is to hide our testimony. What we used to do, the drugs we used to do, the alcohol we used to do, the, the running around we used to do, we hide our testimony. You not understanding. The more dead you were and the more darkness you were in shows the power of our great God. And if you'll learn how to testify about what God brought you out of, huh? Hey, God, you'll bring in more glory. You'll bring in more praise. And people will begin to say, if he did it for Omar, oh, he can do it for me. Anybody hear me up in here? My God. Psalm 66, 16 says this. It says, come in here, all that fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. You see what I'm saying? Come in here. That should be our, our motto, y'all. You know, we got we to gotta prepare our testimony and have it ready. Have you ever written down your testimony? Have you ever sat down and got a pen or a pencil and wrote down? And, and your testimony is three things. Where you were before God found you. What you was doing. How God found you. What he did. Him saving you. And then where you are now. You see what I'm saying? Your testimony is before Christ and after Christ. You see what I'm saying? And that's your testimony. Listen, listen. Write your testimony out this week. Write it out. And after you write it out, some of y'all long-winded. Condense it. Because <laughs> some of y'all, y'all saying, well, Pastor, I won't go for an hour like you. No, 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 no. Not in Walmart. You are not keeping somebody in Walmart for now. You're supposed to be able to say your testimony in at least three minutes, y'all. The, the, the man that, that was blind, he said it in one sentence. I was blind, and now I see. Hey, God, that's your testimony. That's your testimony. And you talk about where you were. Hey, God, when God found you and what you was doing and the people you was messing with and the substance abuse you had and the destructive lifestyle practices and the places where you was on your way to, but you had a good God that called you out of the darkness and say that might be good enough for everybody else, but that ain't good enough for them. Lazarus, come forth. Woo, you're my child. You're chosen, and I'm not going to let you go down that way. We need to learn how to testify. Psalm 71, 15 says, my mouth shall show forth Thy righteousness, not my righteousness, thy righteousness. And what? And thy salvation. How long? All the day. I'm ready at the drop of a dime. You see? It's like the boys that like to fight in the hood. They don't need no pep talk. 
They ready what? On site. That's what I'm talking about. Where my on site Christians at? Where my on site believers at? You don't need a pep talk to testify. You ready on site. You don't wrote this thing down. You ready for it. And when God opened you the door, when somebody saying, but you living so good now, Chance in, you got it so good, Misha. You said, but listen, I was blind, but now I see. You don't know where he found me. Hey, God up in him. I'm tired of them Christians need a pep talk. You need to be ready. What? Sight. I'm about it. I'm about it. You were about it when you was in sin? Why you ain't about it when you, when you were God? You need to walk around with that master P beating you in your head. I'm about it, about it. Yeah. You want to make us a song like that, a new rendition. I'm about the loss. You know I'm about it, about it. I preach that God. Hey, you know I'm about it, about it. Uh, you know. Nah, 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 nah. You didn't catch that on camera. Okay? Well, we in Louisiana, y'all. It's, it's a masterpiece state. Uh, listen, listen. Let's go. Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb, but also by the word of their testimony. That's how we overcome the devil, y'all. We tell people what God has done for us. Come on, give him a shout of praise up in here and so some of y'all that's new in here don't know about that and so you got to get your testimony together and you got to tell them hey god where god pull you from out of depression out of despondency out of suicidal tendencies and thoughts out of a hey, god fornication and adultery out of liquor out of clubbing out of, he pull you out of that into his marvelous light and and you tell him one day he he called me i i felt that i needed to be in church i i felt that i needed to open my bible it wasn't a man it was a call from god but he might have led me to a man but it was god that called me he chose me i'm a chosen generation my God, you got to tell them about a new believer. The Bible says, I believe, therefore I have spoken. You see, you don't really believe until you talk for God. Let's get to our older saints here. Because you know about testifying. But you don't forgot about another thing. You not only testify about salvation, you testify to his wonderful works in your life. His wonderful works. You see? Pastor, what you talking about? Listen. Lazarus was there at that table. Hey, God. And it wasn't salvation when we look at it good. It was a wonderful work. It was a mighty deed. He was there to tell everybody, look what the Lord has done in my life. You see? And just like Lazarus, you need to be ready to tell people not just about salvation, but everything good that God is doing, hey, God, that he did, hey, God, in your life, you got to be ready for that. You see, I have in my nose those wonderful works, wonderful deeds represents the wonderful things, the excellent things, the amazing things, 
the extra, extraordinary things. The events and instances in your life that happen that goes beyond all human comprehension. Like it never should have happened. You never should have got it. You never should have been blessed. You never should have finished. You never should have. But God stepped in. And when he stepped in, it's not just to step in to bless you. But it's to step in to bless you so you could show forth. And let everybody know that he's ready and willing to bless them too. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me up in here. This is actually... The Hebrew basis of that term, show forth. Brent, I'm going off the grid, my dog. Isaiah 43 and 21 is where we want to be. Y'all going to see the camera kind of flip. Brent going to go into the dark web right quick and pull us. I'm joking, I'm joking. He going he gonna to pull us a scripture. Isaiah 43, look how quick that is, that brother, that boy. Hallelujah. Now, now, Yahshua is talking about us Hebrews right here. That's the Old Testament. Because the church is just a model of his people in the Old Testament. They've been engrafted into the tree of Israel. One of our purpose as a people, why he created us, why he formed us and called us from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God says it like this. This people, the Hebrews, have I formed. For myself. Did you know that you was for God? <laughs> that he formed us for himself. That's why they can't break us. That's why they can't destroy us. That's why no matter what they do, still we rise. Because he had made us for himself. Anybody hear me up in here, Bryce? I'm about to get buck up in here, Bryce. Ow! That's why we do amazing things. Everything we do, they won't put on TV. We move our feet like that. They say, that's fire. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. This people have I formed for myself. But what's the purpose? They shall show forth my praise. Oh, oh, Isaac, I'm excited up in here. That's why I formed them. You see, when you know your biblical history, there was no people for God in the Old Testament. Everybody was for Balaam, for Balak, for Ashtoreth, for, for this, for that. God said, oh yeah, y'all got all kind of peoples for these false gods. I'm going to get myself a people. And their job going to be to show forth my praise. The earth going to look at their false gods and then they going to look at my people and how blessed they are, how gifted they are, how talented they are, how anointed they are. And they going to tell the world where they got it from. They got it from their daddy. Anybody? Woo! That's why they run like they run, shoot like they shoot, tackle like they tackle. They get it from their daddy. Sing like they sing, dance like they dance. They get it from their daddy. Their job was to show forth. God says, my praise. But we done forgot about that. We doing all that, showing all our gifts, but we not showing forth his praise. We done forgot our purpose. <laughs> we done forgot, hey God, when we get our blessing, who to tell that we got the blessing from? We done forgot to show forth. In the Hebrew, to show forth means to count. 
old songwriter used to say, count your blessings. <laughs> Name them one by one. Hey, God, it means to count. <laughs> it not only means to count, it means to recount. Woo! I'm talking about some Florida election type of stuff. Hey, you need sometimes you need to recount your blessings because sometimes you could be in a bad place and, and, and bad things can happen and you and you and you're getting in a depressed state and you're like, oh, is anything good? But no, 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 no. You gotta go back in your life and you gotta not only count, you gotta recount. Oh, you gotta, oh yeah, it's still good, and God is still good. Look at in fact, it's more good than bad. That doesn't happen. Hey, God, all you need is a, is a recount. That's what that show for it means. It means to count it. It means to recount. Hey, God, hallelujah, one by one. But it also means to rehearse. Mm. Rehearse. Hey, God, you see that they're preparing for the play, the, 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 the high productions. Hey, God, and let me tell you, when you get your lines, you're going to have to what? Rehearse. Because you're going to have to rehearse your lines so that when the show comes and you're in front of people, you're going to know your lines and be able to know what to say and you ain't going to mess up. God is telling his people, when I bless you, count your blessings. When you get low, recount your blessings. When you're by yourself, rehearse all the blessings that I give you because I'm going to put you in front of somebody that needs to know that I'm a good God and you're going to have to know your lines. Hey, God. to tell them they in they in they in the valley of decision you don't even know if they're gonna make it to the next day and you sitting there looking at, you at a loss of words and it's only because you don't know your lines it's only because you had not rehearsed how good God has been to you Every single person he bring you in front of, your testimony, your trials, your tests has been specifically tailor-made to bring them out of the pit that they're in. All you got to do is just stop talking, stop thinking about yourself and start talking about God. And they're going to be. <laughs> but we on the me tip. It's all about us. You see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to show for it. We got to count them. We got to recount them. Hey, God, we got to rehearse them. We got to talk about it with other people. And it's not just our testimony. It's all his wonderful works. I want you to do something for me. Some of y'all, y'all going to have two assignments, but, 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 but some of y'all going to just have one because you know your testimony. You can, you can say it in less than three minutes, but but have you rehearsed his blessings in your life? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Look at your neighbor and say, do you understand the assignment? Listen, listen, you got, you got to understand the assignment this morning. Listen, some of y'all don't understand the assignment. Y'all coming up in here. Y'all, listen, you got to understand the assignment this morning, baby. Listen, we got to get you on board. Listen, listen, check your syllabus. Come on, you got to understand the assignment this morning. You know what I'm saying? The assignment is simple. Huh? Not only write down your testimony, but I need you to make your list. Whew, it ain't no Santa Claus. Don't check it twice. Listen, I just need you to make a list. All right? And I want you to list 10 of the most extraordinary things that God has done in your life. 
And some of y'all, y'all going to get to 10 and say, but I can't stop now. You understand what I'm saying? If you just make a list, y'all, of some of the most excellent, amazing, wonderful events and instances that go beyond human comprehension when you never should have made it. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about salvation. That's a different thing. I'm talking about a, a wonderful works list. And for some of y'all, listen, I'm going to help you a little bit. Hey, God, you could take out your phone right now and get on your notes right now because I'm about to give you some, just some, some ideas. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to help you recount what the Lord has done for you. You see? Some of y'all, hey, God, he healed you. Ooh! Huh? Took you off your sick bed. And some of y'all, your sick bed was so bad, it was a death bed. But somehow you began to amend, huh? Doctors didn't even know what was wrong with you, but the great physician knew exactly what you needed and he brought you out. That's an extraordinary thing. He healed my body. And you gotta be ready at the drop of a dime, huh? We say on what, on what? On site. You gotta be ready on site. When these lost folk, when these people that need God, you, you testify, listen, I was down. I was out. I never should have made it. I couldn't breathe. But he brought me out. He's a wonderful God. And he has many wonderful works. Now, now other of you, it's going to be your loved one that he brought out. Huh? And you're going to be like, I love him so much. I didn't know what I was going to do without him. But I prayed and my daddy heard me and he, he, he healed my loved one. Hey, God. Some of y'all, that's y'all testimony. Hallelujah. Some of y'all, hey, God, remember the wonderful work. He gave you a spouse. Huh? Yeah, you out there like Ruth and, 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 and Boaz. You ain't got no spouse. No, 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 no. no ain't got no candidates. Ain't got nobody. they like, who you talk to? Myself. You know what I'm saying? And out of nowhere, woo, you come back, look, next week, married. Three kids. You know what I'm saying? You, we like, we didn't even know you had a boyfriend. You know, don't, don't just take that. You walk up in there, you put your hand in your pocket, you say, he's a wonder. You understand what I'm saying? His many wonderful works. Got me a man now. Got me a woman. Yeah. Hallelujah. Not only that, some of y'all couldn't have children. Huh? I'm just helping. I'm just helping you out a little bit. Some of y'all couldn't have children. And then the most high come through. Huh? And you know the way he do it. Huh? He just don't bless you with what you want. He do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can hope, ask, or imagine. Give you double for your trouble. We only ask for one. We got three. Hey, God. And Omar is like two of them. So listen, we got, we got four. He went around there cutting up. Listen. Woo! I got two little boys in there. My God. Listen, man. Huh? Huh? What about you? What about you? Look, look, when you didn't have a job. And at the last moment, you, hey, God, you, whoo, he bless you. Hey, God, you, oh, Lord, some of y'all didn't even fill out an application and he hired you. Woo, God, some of y'all fill out the application, application wouldn't even qualify and he hired you. You nervous in the, in, in the interview. I hope he don't ask about this. Got you that job and you was excited about that job. Blessed about that job. Make you a listen. Testify. You see? 
I have in my spirit that some of y'all blessings are held up right now because you're not telling the people of what God has already done. You come here, you asking God for more, but you ain't show forth what he's already done in your life. Because I guarantee you, you start giving God the praise and testifying, God going to look down and say, oh, that's how she act when I give her something? She let everybody know I'm a good God? Well, guess what? Here's some more of that. Here's some more of that. You think that house was something? Here. Ha. Let me see how she going to act with this car. Pow. And when I see y'all in the middle of Johnson out there running around, I'm going to understand. Somebody say, show forth. That's right, the praises, y'all. So you make your list, huh? Blessed with that job. Some of y'all, you don't have a job. You've been blessed with your own business. huh? Some of y'all, you've been blessed with investments, with properties, good deals, great deals, God deals. huh? Some of y'all, he let you in an industry that, hey, God, you wouldn't even supposed to be in. Now he got you up in there. You see what I'm saying? One of our, one of our believers in Atlanta, they got, they making movies. They've been let, let into the movie industry. One of our, our church members out there, they making, you understand what I'm saying? How, how, how you get in there? How you even start? I know how I started. I know how I got in. It was only God. God, that, that, that's the testimony they got to have. Some of y'all blessed with a home, huh? Out of nowhere. Come on, brother, come on, shout it out. <laughs> blessed with a home, you know? And, 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 and our problem is, watch this, Brett. People come and, and, and we bless. We, we are a blessed church. That's the spirit of this house. All right? But when people congratulate us or, or compliment our blessing, we don't use that as a time to testify. We should automatically switch into, oh, you like this car? Well, let me tell you how I got it. Oh, oh you like this house? Well, let me tell you what the Lord did to get us in this house. I got a question for you. Do you remember what the Lord did? Now, why are you acting like you forgot? We sitting up in that house like we made it happen. Proud as all outdoors, knowing that we had our finger crossed, our toes crossed, praying, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Lord, please. <laughs> Lord, my credit, Lord. But after he make a way, we walk around and yeah, you know. Like you was 800 or something. You know you was 559.99. And he made a way. When it happened, you were singing. Now back was against the wall. And it looked like it was on, on you. But now you acting like you did it yourself. Yeah, your testimony is, and we're living here. Only, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and we're driving there. Only, be, you know what I'm saying? Huh? And I have this hair. It's too, that's too much. It's, all right. Come on, keep going. I got to get y'all out of here, all right? It's Super Bowl Sunday. Hallelujah. Just to help y'all. So you make your list. 
of about 10 of the extraordinary things that God has done for you. You be a Lazarus. You be a monument of praise. It's our job, y'all. We call to it. First Chronicles 16, 8. It says, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Watch this. Make known his deeds among the people. That's what we call to do. He did it. He healed. And listen, listen, Phil and Miss Lou, they didn't even know what I was preaching. But you saw that? How Miss Lou got up and testified. And she, 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 she do like that, but she testified though. Because that's just from her whipping days. She, make sure y'all all right. Y'all listening out there? From her whipping days at Sally's. Listen. But God had done a wonderful work in Mr. Bruce and Ms. Lou's life. And they got up and they said, look what the Lord had done. That's, that's, that's powerful. That's, that's powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we make known his deeds among the people. He's put you in a spot on your job, in your family, in your neighborhood, where some people need to hear of his deeds all right not to mention your own children i'm gonna get into that he says sing unto him sing psalms unto him talk ye of all his wondrous works you see that you see that psalm 105 i feel we're getting revelation up in here psalm 105 1 oh give thanks unto the lord call upon his name make known his deeds among the people the New Living Translation says it's like this. Giving thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. You see, we got to let them all know. The devil has won this particular portion of the battle by silencing our testimonies. But we back now. We back now. And we're going to begin to show forth again. You see, look, even Nebuchadnezzar, after he received the vision of the golden statue, after he saw Shadrach, Meshach, and a big Negro in the fire. <laughs> Make sure y'all still up. Y'all up out there? That was a big Negro up in there. After he lost his mind and was eating grass and the Lord restored his mind. Look what he says in 4.2 in the NLT. He says, I want you all to know about the miraculous signs and wonders the Most High God has performed for me. <laughs> Even Nebuchadnezzar, they got old Nebi doing better than us. Nebi doing better than Philly. Come on, somebody. Psalm 145.10. That's too much scripture for y'all? Okay, I thought we came here for scripture. Psalm 145.10, all thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. Verse 12, to make known to the sons of men, what? His mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Come on, somebody. You better make you a list and start testifying. Video yourself and post that thing and everywhere. Listen, y'all need to know what God has done for me. 
You see, it's got to be everywhere. Even Jesus, even Jesus. He healed the man at the gathering. Huh? Had legions of devils on the inside of him. And he wanted to go with Jesus. He kept saying, Jesus, I, I, I got to go with you. He didn't want to be away from Jesus. Man, I said, you know what I'm talking about. The Bible says, not a man out of whom the devils were departed, but sought him that he might be with Jesus. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to thine own house and show how great things God had done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Come on, y'all. Is this not a word or what? Is this not a word or what? You just tell him how good God is. That's all you do. You just tell him. You see, I have in my notes once again, the church needs to learn how to brag on God. And I know you came to Philly and we got that bragging out of you on yourself. Well, we got that about you. Oh, yeah, we got that up at you quick. Because we talk about pride for probably a month straight. We got that at you. And so you stop bragging, you, but you stop bragging altogether. There is yet somebody that you need to brag on. Not yourself, but you got to brag on your God. All right, all right. Hold on. We almost there. Prove it to me, Pastor. Psalm 34.1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You see, we think we just praise God in the church. But you got to learn how to praise him outside in the midst of men. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast. That's bragging. But I'm not going to brag on me. My soul shall make her boast in what? In the Lord. The, it's going to be so good the humble shall hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I'm going to brag what he did for me, but I want you to brag on what he did for you too. We all going to brag on him. He got me a car. He got me a house. He saved my child. He healed my body. It's a bragging service, but we bragging on the Lord. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me up in here. Psalm 44, 8. In God we boast all day long and praise your name forever you see first corinthians 131 in the new living translation to save time therefore as the scripture said if you want to boast glory boast only about the lord Woo! am i giving it to you real we don't have time, but in Jeremiah, he said, let not the wise man boast on his wisdom. Nor the strong man boast on his strength. Nor the, nor the, hey, he got wisdom, strength. Nor the rich man boast in his riches. He said, if he going to boast, let him boast in this, that he know me and he understand me, that I'm a good God, I'm gracious and I'm merciful. If you're going to boast in anything this morning, boast only in God. Come on, give God some glory. Amen. All right. All right. All right. Listen, I'm going to give you two more scriptures, then we're going to get out of here. Two more scriptures and one quote, and then we're going to get out of here. Yeah. I ain't never say it was going to be in between them. Two more scriptures. Listen. This is why God wants us to boast in him. All right. It's not that God is proud. No. 
But in Isaiah 12, 4, he tell us why he want us to boast in him. It says, and in that day shall ye say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention, why? That his name is exalted. We do it so he could be exalted. You see what I'm saying? Now, we have lost a generation because we're not boasting in our God no more. You see? The young people rather be drug dealers. They rather put out trap music. They rather be in the clubs and doing all the wrong things because that life seemed more blessed than the church life. And it's only because the church has been quiet of how good that God is. Because if the world knew the miracles that's sitting in this place this morning, just this morning, if we had to go through your lives and your list of 10 and we had to let you get on KLFY, KATC, but they ain't going to never lift up God them. But listen, if, if, if they had to let you get on the news and one at a time, Isaac, one at a time, we get up there and we start to tell the wonderful works of God. All these people in here, we'd have a revival by the end of the week. You understanding what I'm saying? Why? Because people going through out there, y'all. They going through. Even though they dancing in the club, they thinking about their problems while they dance. You see? Yeah. Dancing with a warrant. I'm going to jail tonight. They better not catch me. Swing it out. Swing it out with a judgment. Look. I owe 5,000 now. But if somebody can come up in there and tell them how we got a judgment delivering God, how he pay our debts, how he pull us out. Woo! Woo! You see what I'm saying? We losing a generation because of that. The young folk need to hear about our God. And I, I pray that you show your children you, you, when God is good to you. I pray you call them up. If they don't live with you, girl, let me tell you what God done did for me. And they could be in the world, yeah, but talk to them like they say, girl, I'm telling you. Tell your daughter, tell your son, let me tell you what God done did for me. You see, Psalm 145.4, if you can go to that, it might have been two scriptures in one quote. Did I say that? Yeah, I think so. 145.4. Look, look, look what it says. 145.4. Hallelujah. Uh, 145. 145.4. Brent, we off the grid again. 145. You close. You went 143, 150. Now give me 145. 145.4. <laughs> awesome. Right on it. Right on it. Third time was the charm. One generation shall praise thy works to another. One generation, the gray heads need to pay, praise the works of God to the generation after them. Tell the 40s and the 30s, and you see? Then the 40s and the 30s, we need to praise the works of Yah to the 20s and the, and the teens. Huh? And when we get really good, we're going to get our teens on fire. 
and they're going to praise the works of Yah to the seven and the eight-year-old. They're going to be up in that teaching Sunday school. Y'all, let me tell y'all what the Lord has done. You know what I'm saying? Because we all got a testimony. We all got something we can tell. The church has lost a generation because we've stopped bragging on our God. I'm looking for a day when we can get back to bragging on him. Where our children are not going to grow up looking at the trap stars. I want that car. I want that car. But looking at the deacons and the ministers, looking at the man of God that got his own business on the corner or the woman of God that got her business over there. And, and they ain't going to be like, I want to be like this and that. I want to be saved, they're going to say. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to be in church. Where they going on Sundays to get all of this, this, these blueprints? I want to be blessed. That's what happens when the people of God declare his wonderful works. All right? One last quote, y'all. Two scriptures and a quote. One last quote. D.L. Moody, one of the great evangelists before Billy Graham, he says, I don't know anything that would wake up Chicago. Now, I won't say Lafayette. That would wake up Lafayette better than for every man. Huh? But the Holy Ghost just convicted me. That's going to wake up Atlanta. That's going to wake up Dallas. That's going to wake up Chicago. That's going to wake up Tampa Bay, Florida. That's going to wake up Los Angeles. I don't know of anything that's going to wake up our inner cities better than for every man and woman who loves him to begin to talk about him to their friends and just tell them what he has done for you. You have got a circle of friends now go and tell them of him. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this house. Musicians, y'all come help me. Come get me off this stage. It's Super Bowl Sunday and I choose to go long on today. What's wrong with me? Huh? But we just got to testify, y'all. Lazarus, his response to the miracle was to sit at that table as a monument of praise to a good God. Huh? Ushers, if y'all can come and open up the gates this morning. We've talked about a lot of things up in here. And in some respects, I might have went a little too long, but this word was a rhema word for all of us in him. I think we've been being a little too quiet. We've got to learn how to testify again. Show the world how good our God is. Show the world how good God is. Hallelujah. Y'all back? All right, y'all back. That's how we do in the hood. If anything don't work, we just hit it. Hallelujah. I need a microphone, TP. Hallelujah. I need a microphone. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The devil don't want this to get out, y'all. He don't want this to get out. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, TP. Say, it's going to get out. So here we go. Here we go. If you hear this morning and this word touch you and you've been a little bit too quiet lately, quiet about your testimony of salvation, but also quiet about the goodness of God in your life, you've been wasting his blessings because you ain't been telling the people that need to hear about it that he's a good God. 
you ain't been bragging on God like you used to or like you should. We're going to have some altar time. And we're going to pray that God set us on fire so we can open our mouths again. We don't need a pep talk this morning. We want to be on site believers. Well, they got to tell us, boy, them people, they're going to tell you what God done did for them. Them people crazy. That's right. We will. Because he's a good God. You see? We're going to have a little altar time to pray down some boldness and some fire. But also, if you're not saved in this place, you heard me talk about him calling us out of darkness, but you would say, Pastor, I'm still in that place. I still can't understand the Bible. I still can't hear God, can't feel God. I'm still in my negative and bad and dark ways, but, but I want to be saved. How can I do it, Pastor? It's easy. You admit that you're a sinner. You believe in Yahshua HaMashiach as your Lord and Savior. His death, his burial, his resurrection. And you confess it. You call upon it. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's not a single person he's ever going to reject. You just got to open your mouth and call. So we're going to have this altar time. You want to be saved or you want God to fill you with a boldness so you can testify again. Come. Come and pray with me at this altar. Come and pray with me at this altar. Come and pray with me at this altar. Don't be shy. Just come. Just come. We all need something from God this morning. Just come. He's been too good to us for us not to open our mouth for him. Just come. Just come. Just come. He done pull you out some tight places, man. Some bad situations, man. And that testimony is, is something that somebody needs to hear. Hey, God. And then you're going to get so good to where you're not even going, you're not only going to tell people about the good things God did for you, you're going to be able to tell them even about the bad things that done happened. That God done got you through. Anybody hear me up in here? Hallelujah! Because we brag on it. We boast in him for the good things and the bad things. Because it all work out for our good. And so listen, I won't keep y'all too long. We're going to pray at this altar. I love the vibe in this place. I love the presence, the spirit that's here. God is about to work in this place. He's about to work in this place. Just pray with me. Say, Most High God, you've been so good to me. You've blessed me, kept me, healed me provided for me delivered me you're a great God and I thank you now give me the boldness the courage to open my mouth and make your deeds known in the earth so many don't know you Help them to know you through me. Thank you. I admit I'm not perfect. But I thank you that you were perfect for me. 
And I believe in your death, burial, and resurrection. Save me. Forgive me of my sins. Call me out of darkness into your marvelous light. And use my mouth, my life as a monument of praise in Jesus name amen 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 come on give y'all some praise in this house hallelujah have your way come on Jesus we can't talk hey hey come on somebody we can't live we can't do it without you have your have your Tell him that he good.